Welcome to the High Ground Podcast. I'm Stevie W. I'm Callum. And today we're going to look at Picard. Okay, so we are, how many episodes in are we? Eight, I believe. So is it ten episodes? I don't know. It'll be ten or thirteen, isn't it? It's usually like the standard now, isn't it? So what do you think? I think it's fantastic. I think what they've done so far, it's like, it's everything I thought it was going to be, you know, because, I mean, me and you are really hyped for it because Next Generations are our jazz, isn't it? Um, but yeah, no, I think it's just so nice seeing, like we were saying about Palpatine as well with the McDermott, it's seeing Patrick Stewart slip back into a role that you just can't even imagine anyone else playing. It's just, it's so, it's like a treat. I have to agree with you. I mean, I'm not, uh, okay, for me, Star Trek, I tried, uh, when I had, when we got Netflix, I tried to watch the original series, I switched it off. And I, I, Grew up with a load of the movies. Yeah. I think the next generation movies, to be honest with you, are quite dodgy. Yeah, there's one, that, I think there's there's one really good one and there's one not decent, you know, decent one with but, generations. But um, Star Trek Next Generation, to me, is is even more over the, the original series. Next Generation, to me, is Star Trek. Yeah. And 100%. I think it's, it's uh, if you're going to think, see the seasons as a body of work, uh, Next Generation is, to me, the perfect Oh, it's great. I mean, it, it sort of completes the arc for each of its characters. You know, like, Picard learns to not be a grizzly, doesn't like children, old, you know, moaning old guy, to, to come, become a caring sort of... You know, that that's the thing about Next Generation as well. It feels like a family. Yes. You know, like, each, each member of that family, like, an episode's about them and how they resolve, like, that issue, you know. And and how they all complete their arcs, you know, Worf becomes a, a Klingon, but he learns to stay true to his human roots. You know, Troy sort of reconciles with her mother, and Riker learns to be like a good leader, but a good friend to everyone as well. And it's like, and and you know, I think the only one that was left sort of open, but that was that was good for the point of the story was Data because you know the films were going to expand on him becoming more human, and and it's nice that they've got the out oh, spoilers the um the link to Data in this actually through yeah. His, his daughters. I mean, to, to me, with, with, with Star Trek is, especially with Next Generation, is that with the season series, I, mean, I, I watched Deep Space Nine, but I could never get into the others because Deep Space Nine to me I've had great shows, oh. were terrible. There was no middle ground with Deep Space Nine. Yeah, see, the irony for me is Deep Space Nine has the best Star Trek episode, in my opinion. But you are right, some of it's dog rough, and the rest of it is great. There's no middle ground. Uh, and uh, sorry. And I, I, I find that I, 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 I uh, never been able to get into you know even the one the Netflix one was it Discovery. Oh yeah, yeah. Discovery was okay. I, I think this is gonna blow it out the water though because you know everyone was really waiting for this. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's perfect science fiction, and the thing is, and it's perfect Star Trek, and you, you, I mean, it is. Even though he's one of the great successes, uh, Professor X, yeah, and uh, if I'm right, Bullock, yeah, in American, in Dad's, American yeah. Dad, you know, it's he's. You're not thinking of all these other thing of, of, of these other characters when you see Patrick Stewart in no. Picard. He is Jean Luc again, and uh, you know, when I was watching the, the one with uh, Troy and Riker. Oh yeah, I really. I was actually that. got to me. I, yeah. I didn't expect it. Nice. I mean, the the fact that they had, that they even went to the, the idea of them losing a child, was really you know because Troy and Riker were like the, sort of the sweethearts, weren't they, yeah. of, of the series and, um, yeah, it was, it's it's lovely. And you know, I was really pleased as well, to see Seven of Nine. Because even though Voyager was probably the weakest, she was the best part about it. You know, like she gave it a new life, essentially. But um, like, it's nice because the the, the, the guy dichotomy between her and Picard as well, because they've both been humans, then Borgs, then humans again. You know, that I, 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 it was good seeing her again. I and I get the feeling that she leaves like a calling card, doesn't she, for him? If you ever need help, call yeah. this. And I was thinking, it's been off in my head like right away. I I was so because I was uh, never was never a Voyager fan. No, but... I mean it's, again, Voyager has some absolutely fantastic episodes, but then it is outweighed by a lot of really bad ones. 
I also when they introduced her uh, Jerry Ryan seven oh nine that was a way just to get the, the oh one hundred percent yeah but it ended up being a good character to write because she was a really good she gave some good sort of um some really good like story arcs to go around and I don't think it was even intentional at first I think I like, sort of stumbled across it I uh, I was gripped from where it's going like you said about data yeah the use of data as as being the catalyst. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was these, It was it was it was brilliant and actually having uh Brent Spiner back. Yeah. Was... And and not have the you know, have the the guts to keep him killed. You know, yeah. I I did think when I saw him in the trailers, I thought, oh they probably just downloaded him into a you know, that, that prototype one from Nemesis. Yeah. But they do explain in it that it didn't work and that his consciousness is basically gone. So I thought, well that's pretty good actually, because yeah. they didn't just revert back to or lore or some or, other. Yeah, or lore, yeah. I don't know what I have a hand for the characters. I, just remember I don't know how many prototypes Doctor Sims meant to have made, but yeah, no, it's it's. I think it's shaping up to be a really good series, and I think it so is. far it's been fantastic. I saw on a YouTube video where uh, Patrick Stewart was on a uh, on a talk show hosted by where Whoopi Goldberg was one of the hosts. Yes, yeah. they're live on to actually appear in season two, and that's brilliant. Oh, okay. yeah, so, so I, I, and I'll be back. Yeah, because, I mean, she was a really good character as well because she was like a foil for, if there's a problem, like, you'd always have a character coming to her in the bar and saying, oh, I don't know what to do, you know, and she'd say, well, why don't you try it this way? And I've been around for a long time. She, she, she was good, and the fact that, the, you know, the fact that she's a secondary character, and I'm not a Trekkie by, or Trekker, depending on which whatever you want to call it, because I don't want to get into any trouble with either. I mean, either of what you call yourself, I think you're all Trekkies. <laughs> and that's just not because it's always been Trekkies to me, and Trekkers because of the sounds, documentary, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh. And uh, so to me, it's, uh, I think, and this is not being derogatory, I think the term is Trekkies. <laughs> but uh, if I'm wrong, if you think otherwise, you're entitled to your opinion. But uh, the fact that you can actually remember Whoopi Goldberg's character name and she's a secondary character, yeah, it, I think it's fantastic. It's testament to the writing of the series and how great the next generation really was yeah because there's someone in a bar and saying the original series and some of the other yeah, spin-offs you wouldn't really remember on that no much. i mean i like you say you tried to watch the original series and couldn't get through i i do wholeheartedly understand that sentiment i mean i, I do love the original series but there is a certain point where you get to like i don't know like season two or three and you're kind of like i actually see why they cancelled it not in a rude way, but you know, if we did just have the first season, you know, the first season had the the greatest episodes. You know, some of those first season episodes are still gold, like television gold. And I mean, the stuff like um, City on the Edge of Forever—that's one of the greatest science fiction shows ever written. And um, yeah. but then, yeah, I do kind of see like some of it. You know, you think, "What's well, a bit dodgy now? Like that's a bit dated." And Next Generation doesn't feel like no. that. I mean, some of the early seasons do, but pre-Rick Berman being the producer, I think. But, because they were just rehashing original series scripts with the new characters, and you can tell. But season three onwards, it's some of the best writing you'll see. I have to finish Picard, and I've got another show I've got to watch. Uh, I'm going to start watching Next Generation. Yeah, it's, it's, it was a treat. Wasn't it? it was brilliant. It was... I remember when it came out. Yeah, I know, I'm jealous. And it was, to me, you know, it's first um, now... If you switch on TV or streaming service or whatever, you get however you uh, view your TV, science fiction, science fiction, fantasy, and everything. Yeah. And back in '86, Star Wars was dead. Science yeah. fiction was dead. There was, and to have something like Star Trek: Next Generation coming along, it was the only thing. If you were into that sort of thing, you yeah. would actually watch. And if you read Dwarf, came a few years later, but that was not the same as Star Trek: Next Generation. No. It was your fix if you were a geek. Yeah, and there was no and, internet back then either. Yeah. So you know, it was every episode was literally like, "What, what's going to happen?" Yeah, you know, I, 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 I kind of miss those days myself because I, I was watching. I started watching DS Nine when it was in like season four. So when Wolf came into it, so that was when I started watching it, and I used to love like just waiting for the next episode, and then you'd have Voyager on the next week. You know, when there was two shows running at the same time, and then it was Enterprise. You know, after that, but I. It was like that era where you sort of thought, like, oh, I wonder what the next episode's going to be. I mean, it's kind of, as much as I love Picard, I, it's 
this doesn't feel right when, when it's on streaming, does it? Like, the, like the experience of it. I like how you can't binge watch it in one. It's, like, yeah, it's not it's like they've just thrown everything on it. It's weekly. Yeah. It's like what they're doing even in UK where we get Mandalorian. So that people just don't buy it all up. They're just going to stream it weekly. And and I think... No, that's yeah, what they're doing. They're doing with even Mandalorian. Yeah. Oh, even right. Though. So uh, what I like is the fact that you can literally, I mean... Uh, you can literally, if you wherever you can go to work, and then if you find like-minded people, you can actually discuss that week's episode. And that's what I like about how Picard is streaming the similar sort of vein yeah. as it is in the US, as it is in the UK. You can have the discussions about what you think of the series of the episode before you go on to the next one. Whereas, whereas it's sort of like you, with the shows that they just put the bulk Their on own shows. Yeah, yeah you 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 have to go. Oh, oh, have you seen the new uh, such and such? Oh yeah, I just binge watched season nine. And, yeah, and you think, Then you've got all these uh, basement dwellers yeah. that will binge watch all 10 plus or how many episodes there are in one day. They take great pleasure of going on the internet and telling the whole world about what's going to happen next. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the things. If any, so if, you, if, if you're listening to this and you're uh, into Picard, there are spoilers. I'm going to say it now, like you have yeah, already. Yeah. But. Uh, the, that's but with uh, yeah that's what I like about the episodic nature yeah, of this. It's, it's and it's just like I th- I think it's just the surprise of like what's going to happen like we were saying earlier like we don't have a synopsis of the next episode I mean unless you like you say you're trolling people and that but I mean like the surprise of, of things happening is nice and the, the discovery was the same that was weekly as well I think it's to do with the fact that because CBS and the rights to Star Trek on TV. Uh, the rest of the world has to abide by those rules. So even if it's on Netflix or it's a Amazon original, it's it's kind of not really. But it, it is nice to have a, a weekly sort of um, a weekly episode instead of the whole series at once. I got there. I don't want to go into spoiler territory, but you know uh, uh, the Doctor Girati. Oh, Alison. Alison Pill. Yeah. I know Alison uh, from she was in Scott Pilgrim it was a Scott Pilgrim. World. It was yeah. And the Goon. But I, I know I'm mainly, I'm mainly from the Goon because uh, I, you know, I think the, the Goon is to me yeah, is like brilliant. Goon, yeah. And to see her and her and the arc that her character's taken is like wow. Yeah, I mean, start. It, it, I tell you what is kind of weird for me though with these new Star Trek series is having swearing in it and extreme violence. It's it's really strange to see like something that started on syndicated TV having like you know people say the F word and have like have throats being cut and you know this Romulan guy with the sword he's pretty cool isn't yeah. he like chopping people up you just think wow this is different Elnor Elnor it? that's it yeah, yeah. even Evagora 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 he's uh, pretty cool I like him yeah and how I like how the Picard by thinking he's doing right you know he made mistakes he has, so yeah bad. yeah because I mean you always have this view of him being like this like this guy with like this solid moral code that would never do anything wrong, but then he, he does have like his flaws, even in Next Generation. You know, he starts off as like quite an unlikable character at, at the start. You know, you kind of think, Who's this guy? I want Kirk back. But then as you get along, you kind of think, Well, no, this is a real human being, <laughs> not just an archetype. I think with, I mean, this is a thing where what, what I think Picard over Kirk oh, yeah. is that when you, when you watch uh, Star Trek, hmm. And I just want to point out now, this is not me disrespecting Star, uh, Star Trek, uh, the originals, because I consider Star Trek, the motion picture, to be a fantastic piece of filmmaking. Yeah. I think Gene Roddenberry was at, and Star Trek crew ahead of the time when they were preaching conservation with Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, uh, uh, and, you know, killing off Spock in, uh, in Star Trek II. Yeah. I mean, Rafa I mean, from one like, through to Star Trek IV, you've got perfect science fiction movies. Yeah. So this is not a disrespect to it, but I think the crew were more clinical, whereas and the thing is, let's yeah. go back to the whole use of you know seeing data, seeing uh, uh, Riker, Riker and Troy yeah. is I got the same sort of like feelings as I got when I watched Star Wars Episode Seven when you see Chewie and Han on the Falcon yeah, yeah. or Han and Leia. Yeah, you've got and this is because as a Star Wars fan. Han and Leia, when they met up for the first time in episode seven, after all those years, uh, it really hit me emotionally. Yeah. And seeing 
Riker and Troy and Picard together. Yeah. After they've been, there's been a history in between. When yeah. We saw them last. Yeah, like you an know un, it. An unseen. But we know, but seeing them all together again, yeah. it really hit me. It was, I was nearly yeah. in tears. It was, I'll admit it. I mean, and and it. I mean, like the the seven of nine stuff was just cool because they yeah. they they've never really. I mean, it's not said if they've ever met. You know, off screen, maybe they have, but. Yeah, I think you assume they have because yeah. Voyager must be famous within the world of Star Trek, like the lore for for like the journey it did and that. But when you see Riker and Troy, it's it's part of the old crew, isn't yeah. it? Like and you know, Riker was uh Riker was like his, his right hand man and Troy was the counsellor, so she knew everyone's like everyone's struggles and she helped I mean, Troy gets a bit of a bad rap for being like this really useless sort of oh I sense of presence, Captain. Oh yeah, what's mm -hmm. going on? I don't really know, it's quite vague sort of person but she was kind of like the the emotional crux for a lot of the episodes wasn't yeah. she because she was just i mean wesley was more the annoying character i'm waiting to see where we i like will wheaton <laughs> i like will wheaton i think he's cool especially in big bang theory yeah i i i, I would like to. it was i mean will it was cool wheaton. even seeing someone like a minor character like hugh yeah who was in an episode called i borg and that's one of my favorite episodes and when i saw him i thought that looks like hugh but old yeah. and they said hugh and i thought what <laughs> yeah no it's just I, it's it's treated with respect. I think is is the difference. You know, Discovery was kind of Star Trek hadn't been on TV for a long time, so there's this big sandbox we can now play with. And where should we set it? All set it for the original series. How come no one knows Spock has a half sister? Well, we'll try and explain that later as well. <laughs> well, we've retconned enough yeah. times, especially with movies and everything. Yeah. Uh, the alternative I mean, I'll, I'll let you, if you do watch Discovery, I'll let you discover why no one remembers. But it's kind of lame how they just explain it. Vulcan mind melt? No, it's not. No. <laughs> if you watch, I will it, watch it eventually. I mean, a... that's that's all up there now as well. So you can just watch all of that. I. I you know if you go on IMDb and you'll see the amount of times that the Star Trek Next Generation cast have appeared together in other Post things, show, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, Family Guy's a big one for it. And oh yeah, Big Bang Theory where they've had different variations of them all in it. And you know, you do get a family feeling from you them. Do, and, yeah. and I think that the knowledge outside of the universe is created for the shows helps with Star Trek. Yeah. Because you do feel that when you see them all on screen together, that it's family. And that's the, the key word with Picard, yeah. is family. And the whole thing looking for the offspring as such of Data. Yeah. And Picard feels the loyalty streak, which, you know, and that's is... That's the sort of person he is, isn't it? Yeah. And I think that's, that to me, hammers home. And it, it is, to me, is... is you would go out the way to the person that you owe the debt to. Yeah. Or yeah. you feel that you owe a debt to, even though he was a synthetic. Yeah. But, I mean, you saved Picard's life, didn't you? Yeah. Nemesis. I mean, didn't save him from a shitty movie, sadly. But, um, <laughs> but um, no, it's just, I know what you mean, though, yeah. Also, I think, like, the thing with Next Generation and, like, the family thing with... Uh, DS9 is the only other one, I think, feels like a family as well, because you have, you have that large... In those two series, there's no specific time period for them saying, you know, like this is this is one year after last year. You know, you do feel like time has passed quite a bit in some of in the Next Generation and DS Nine, especially in DS Nine because of the war happening. But you feel like there's more time for that family to grow. Whereas I think with with the original series, it's so random and there is no real passage of time. And the Star Days didn't mean anything back then; they were just made up bullshit. Um, and then Voyager is, is a specific seven years. They say it's a year after each one. And then obviously Enterprise got cancelled, so the timeline kind of fucked up with that anyway. But you feel like those shows are kind of wouldn't have had enough time for everyone to develop as a family, if that makes sense. So Enterprise, Enterprise was was good to start it was with. Anyway. Starting it was straight, it, I think. Boom. And it just, yeah. But they gave it was money, wasn't it? They blew yeah. their budget on the first few episodes. I mean, Nemesis, which we were just mentioning. That's, yeah, which was a terrible film with Derek with Stuart Bird. It was a great editor. Yeah. I was just this Sometimes they should stay as what they are, I think. You know, like if you were an F fantastic editor, why don't you just keep doing what you're doing? Then again, uh Abraham Brainfree's here, editor of James Bond, director of uh John Medicine's Secret Service. Not John Glenn. Uh Peter Hunt. Peter Hunt, he did a brilliant job. He on did do, yeah, yeah. Just the Secret Service. I do completely agree with you. I think when you look at the uh, director of Resident Evil uh, Nemesis, 
Renault Resident Evil, the second Resident Evil film. Oh, Apocalypse, yeah, yeah. Alexander Witt. Yeah, he went yeah. on to do it, be go back to doing AD for Bond films and all that. Well, he was, he was the second unit director for um, Resident Evil as well. He, he is a great second AD. Like, yeah. But, yeah, sometimes I think, I think the director's chair, people sometimes people assume, you're like, oh, I want a shot at just trying that. And then you can tell they've just tried it. You know, even, like you say about the original series films as well, you can tell... You know, the one that Shat everyone calls it the one that Shatner directed, yeah. you know. But it just depends budget. That wasn't his original vision, yeah. But I mean like that was and and Nimoy directed a couple of them as well. Like that yeah. was sort of that whole like, well I'll try directing it. I mean Nim Nimoy's ones were okay, were quite good actually, because yeah. you got four and three and four with him. But yeah, I mean the best ones were done by proper good directors. Nicholas Meyer, I mean, Ratha Khan and Undiscovered Country, they're probably the two best bookends of the original series movies. I am going to watch this. I'm going to sit down with my fiance soon to, to actually buy it. I actually, this is really sound really bad. I'm going to be off subject. I actually went out and bought the Blu ray box just because oh, I, yeah, wanted, yeah. I, I couldn't get motion picture anywhere on its own. And, and to me, the Star Trek the motion picture is is perfect filmmaking. And I it really wish the next yeah. generation could have. I think it's getting a sort of a re emergence now because. I think at the time it was seventy nine, wasn't it? So everything was post. Everything was post Star Wars then. Yeah. So I think even you know it's ironic that Star Wars is what kickstarted the film franchise for Star Trek. Um, or maybe not so ironic, but I, it's just I mean I think they sort of thought, oh, we should do what they're doing, and Gene Roddenberry was kind of like, no, I want to do what I did before as a film, and people weren't really ready for that, like because Star Trek had been gone for, I don't know, was it thirteen years by that point? So, no, with the animated series. Ten years, sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. But I mean, no one had really seen Star Trek for that long. I mean, you didn't really get reruns back then, did you? Yeah. So, I think when people saw it, they were kind of thinking, "Oh, it's going to be like full of action, like Star, Star Wars, Wars, but it's going to have Star Trek people in it." And then they were kind of like, "What's this? <laughs> I yeah. don't understand it." The irony is, the Star Trek director of the reboot series is the one that ended up helming two Star Wars films. Yeah, that is very ironic. Yeah. And there was a whole. And, and at one point in between before seven came out star trek became cool for a while yeah yeah then star wars I, I remember the reboots when they first came out i went to see the original the own is it oh nine i'm was not sure it? um at, at midnight um with my then girlfriend at the time and it, I, I was really pumped for it and i loved it like when it first came out and, and I, I remember that was the only time i've ever seen something as esoteric as star trek you know being discussed by People at work that you you know you wouldn't even think would give a fuck about Star Trek. Like the next day they were saying, oh, "I went to see the new Star Trek movie the other day," and I was like, "Oh yeah, what do you think?" Like you're not really into it. I did. Oh no, it's really good. Like loads of action and stuff. And I thought loads and of action. They had lead spares, yeah. But I mean, I thought you know what? Kudos to Abrams for being able to take a franchise he admitted he knew nothing about really, and make it accessible for everyone else. You know, I think whenever someone can do that, it's it's the sign of a good. An adaptive filmmaker, if, if not a good filmmaker, you know. Cause... I have a theory about that because I know we're going off the subject. Yeah, so, no, no, no. It's still uh, but, uh, <laughs> my theory has always been that if you're someone who is so immersed in the canon, yeah, you'll feel that you have to throw everything in. But if you're someone who's got an basic knowledge, yeah, you can strip away to the basic what makes it work. So you'll have you're not going to be bogged down. I know you're going to piss off a lot of the fan base that are, that are all like, you can't do this because it's this, this, and this. But it's the people and the fans that don't see it as a medium. You can't in, I know it's now three hours, but it's usually about one and a half to two hours film. You've got to be able to get a story across, introduce the characters and have an arc in within the film. Rather than going, oh, we can't have that because Spock can't do this because of this, this, yeah. and this. But no, you need to have what's on the screen at the time. You need to do And when you have someone who... Who, whose knowledge is a general knowledge rather than a knowledge that's like in depth to all the An books and the yeah 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 and that's you hear it when you debate it doesn't matter what it is if it's fandom it's a popular fandom it could be your Star Wars your Star Trek your comic books whatever you'll always get the fans are going to be pissed off because you've not included stuff or you've altered things in a way that they don't like so if you get someone who because at the end of the day it's it's uh, I'm misquoting, I think it was Gene Simmons who said, it, "People forget it's not music; it's the music industry." Yeah, is industry and business, or is it music business? It's there to make money. 
You can be as creative as you want, but you have to make money out of it. It doesn't matter, you can make right, great singing unless you're giving it away for free. But as a rule, especially with cinema nowadays, it's all about making money. And TV is about getting a second season and selling it to other stations so that you will make money from it. And uh, the thing is, if you get a director who know who can actually make something accessible to a bigger audience, you can get them into the sequels, you get to watch the TV shows and everything. So it's like that. So that's why I think it's a good thing. Yeah. You look at Halloween. I don't do horror. And you recommended the Halloween reboot. Oh, I Halloween. only watched Halloween. I'm going to be, I'll be honest with you, because it was Danny McBride. Oh, the right. A yeah. comedy yeah. guy. And I love Danny McBride. I wouldn't have watched the new Halloween if it wasn't Danny McBride. So you're getting someone into a franchise yeah. now because of someone who you wouldn't expect to write it. Yeah. yeah. And I love Danny McBride. So I'm watching it. You, you get me into watching Star Trek again. And if it's like if they do another Star Trek movie, do the JJ ones. JJ, it wasn't because of JJ, it's because you got Simon Pegg in it, you got now Zoe Saldana. Yeah. So you got Simon Pegg, Zoe Saldana, that to me is a gateway it into these good, Star Trek movies. The casting was really good on those, actually. Huh. So, I mean, I, I, Zachary Quinn was perfect as well as yeah. Spock, you know. No, 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 Zachary Quinto had to have his fingers glued together to do the Vulcan sign. How <laughs> can you not? How can you like Zachary Quinto when you can't even do the Vulcan sign with his own hands? Yeah, well, how many people can't, though? Like, I mean, it took me years to try and... I can't do it with the other hand. I have to prise my fingers apart. My fiance can't either, so... But, um, no, yeah, and and, and Carl Urban as Bones is absolutely oh, perfect. Cast he's a chameleon. So he's a chameleon. He just, I mean, it scarily sounds like uh, what's DeForest Kelly, doesn't it? Yeah, when you watch him do that, and then you watch him say something like Dread. Yeah, or, oh, it's totally different. Yeah. yeah. Or even Red, something like, you know, like popcorn. Like, yeah. Oh, um, he's... He's good, yeah, yeah, I love Carl Urban. Was it, was it The Hobbit? It was, in, was it Lord of the Rings? It was in Lord of the Rings, yeah. Is it what it is? I watched them all back-to-back, and they've all kind of blended into one. Then I'm yeah, watching it, and I'm like going, oh, let's start. I'm watching it, then I'm going, you're watching like The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, and I'm going, someone that's in Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. Yeah. Carl Urban, Des and Troy. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he's great in that. Oh, I love him. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, no, but I think, sorry, uh, well, yeah, Picard, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's doing really well at the moment, actually. I think, I can only imagine it getting better. And I assume it's been renewed for him. This season has already been renewed yeah. because they've already asked uh, uh, Goldberg to appear. Oh, sorry, you did say, yeah. Yeah, and that's, I'm looking forward to, I am looking forward to that. But I mean, I didn't even realise as well, it's create. it was created by one of my favourite writers, uh, Michael Chabon. If you, I mean, he's one of the greatest authors around right now. You, if you ever read some of his stuff, it's fantastic. But I mean, I didn't even realise he wrote it. Let's have a look, Michael Chabon. Yeah, he's, he did a, there's a, probably his most famous book is called um, The Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. That's about like a couple of comic book writers in the 1930s that moved to America. That's mm. fantastic. I am tempted. He also did the screenplay of John Carter, which I think is absolutely effing brilliant. He's on two soundtracks. Yeah. Star Trek Picard, Star Trek Shorts. Spider-Man 2, story by Wonder Boys, novel. You know, uh, for me, I mean, like I said, I, you know, I normally, it was the whole Star Trek Next Generation thing that got me into this. It was. Yeah. The casting is, yeah. yeah it's quite good. I, I mean, it feels like a natural extension of Next Generation. That's why it's so good, I think. Like, there doesn't, it doesn't feel like they're sort of, oh, here's some fan service. It, it is actually, it's just Picard's next chapter, you know. As an older guy, and it was to me. It was logical. The, the cameos so far have all been. Like yeah, you said, it is logical. like you said about it feeling like Han and Leia from Episode Seven. Yeah. Like those cameos didn't feel forced. And the whole, the whole first episode, uh, Soji and Daj, it was the characters. Yeah, you don't see you coming. What's coming? Yeah. No. I. It was. Yeah. I, I think everything on it's been really good so far. I haven't found anything I don't think that's been bad about it yet. No, I, I mean, it's... Yeah, it, it's one of the ones that you, you, you want to watch because you want to see what's... I mean, I'll be honest, I, because I'm, it's, it's weekly, and when I've been watching this, I've been watched uh, Hunters. Oh, yeah. And 
But towards the end of Hunters, I'd switched off. Oh, really? The last episode, I switched off. I just I completely switched off. I mean, when I say I switched off, I mean, it's like they do a season two. I don't really... Not really bothered. Not really, no. In the, but uh, I, I like uh, where they're going with Mich- Michelle Hurd's character. Yeah, she's not out of Daredevil. She's in Daredevil. Her in Daredevil, yeah. She's in Daredevil. Sasha Picard, Blind Spot, Lethal Weapon, which I don't watch TV series. No, I don't like TV series. Uh, she was uh, Samantha Reyes in Daredevil. Yeah, I thought and it was in, there, yeah. Jessica Jones. Yeah, she's quite because she's um she's a character we haven't seen before, so it gives you a bit more of an extension of what's happened since that generation. You know, he's probably made more friends with people, and uh, and I do like as well that they've kept the whole. Um, you know, the supernova at Romulus storyline from the reboots, yeah. where, when Spock explains what's happened in the future when he's come back. You know, I, I think that's quite good and to keep all that stuff and not sort of, oh, Nemesis was kind of bad, so we better wreck on it. You yeah. know, it happens, whether it's bad or not, you know. But that's good when TV shows uh, take that and say, well, we, you know, it's like with, uh, I mean, I didn't know this until we watched the, uh, watched the, the Doctor Who movie from 96, was it? Oh, the Paul McGowan, Paul McGowan yeah. yeah. That, uh, that they were against using Sylvester McCoy. Yeah. Because Sylvester McCoy was the, the, the doctor that was least well received when it was, the show was cancelled. Uh, but to actually bring him back because they wanted to do a regeneration and they wanted to give service to the, the character because the writer liked it and they kept it in. It's always good. You have to accept that, that if a show or something which you want to continue ends on a point, uh, a, da- uh, a not such successful a point, yeah, yeah. you've got to have to still. Explain it, and it's good when that happens. It's good when that happens. I had just as I had more appreciation. You can have more appreciation for a bad thing, or something it's defined as bad. You you may like it if it's if it's explained and it's used in a good way to reboot. I mean, I never watched after uh, Peter Davidson because I didn't like Colin Baker. Not well. He's my least one of my least favorite doctors. I didn't really. That's when I switched off Doctor Who. Yeah. So when I up until a few years ago, so uh, with that, to go back and actually find the Paul McGann one just to see what it happened, see what it was like, and have Sylvester McCoy now makes me if I ever just see the Sylvester McCoy doctors, I'd actually watch them now. Yeah, yeah. Based upon the movie, so a show like Picard, you know, I actually consider watching Voyager now. Uh, just see so see yeah i mean i I was kind of thinking we might see janeway at some point as well but then it, it might get to cameo city if that's what's going to happen you know if it does if as long it's, as it's explained and it's and it's you know like funny funny you mentioned halloween they've like i can think of an, a sort of clever retconny thing they do in that where they say where someone says to him or oh, wasn't wasn't he your grandma's um brother or something and she's like oh no that's just something people made up and you know every every fanboy's going finally that was a shit storyline <laughs> you know but it it's like you said as long as there's an explanation and it makes sense in universe and it's not just like you can tell it's plucked out of thin air or someone's ass um <laughs> then it's it's fine i i'm not i haven't got a problem with that but you can actually the thing is with, with, with cameos you can tell the full go something i this was out i i love the film but the all-female Ghostbusters. Oh, it's so forced cameo. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. did not like that. It's the only thing about the thing that I did not like. It was the only cameo. If I was to redo that film, the only one that I wouldn't have recast out of the cameos was Sigourney Weaver. Because I could actually believe Sigourney Weaver as being the mentor of one of the female Ghostbusters. yeah. yeah. The other ones I would have cut because it was lip service. Sigourney Weaver was the only one that actually, in my opinion, put in a performance. Yeah. I've heard Bill Murray's the worst one. I didn't I've like it. Seen it I didn't like him in the film. I didn't like the others. They were all forced performances. But Sigourney Weaver is the only one that is like, oh my God, here's another one. Here's another one. Yeah, post credits. I need him. But Sigourney Weaver's, and that's the only, in my opinion, is the only letdown of, of the Ghostbusters or female one for me. It's, I suppose it'd be like seeing. I don't know if, if there was an alien film that I don't know somehow Ripley was mentioned and you saw a picture or a video and it was going even now. Yeah, you, there is a you'd have to be a pretty cold bastard to be like, oh, that's rubbish, you know, because 
you know, as long if, when it's an iconic character and, and you think, oh, that was a good cameo, you feel so satisfied, don't you? Going by again, I see only with a Paul. What about the end of Paul? He finds yeah, out she's the villain. She's the oh, boss, my, yeah. Jesus Christ, that was That's, that was great yeah. cameo. I, that was good. Yeah, that's got quite a few um, quite well used sort of references and stuff in it, doesn't it? Bit, I like my one. We got a bit because I know he became he became famous afterwards. Uh, the the two agents looking after oh. him, Bill Hader and Joe Latrillo. The the classic line, Spaceman Paul, <laughs> and it's like a boil. Yeah, I love that. That is, that is so quotable. The bit where he looks down the bit where he get your hands off my junk. Yeah, or something. Get That's your just... motherfucking heads off my junk. <laughs> that is ah uh, yeah. I know loads of people don't like that film, and I don't know why. Like, I think it's it's really really funny. I have actually. I'm just looking at my uh, collection, my movie collection. I actually have. This goes to show you, you know, because we're film we're you obviously worked out if you listen to this, we're film geeks. I actually yeah. have Paul right next to my copy of Baby Driver. Yeah, because it, I think it is an unofficial Cornetto film. Yeah. Almost, isn't it? Yeah, I couldn't stick it right next to the Hot Fuzz trilogy because they're all Simon, the, you know, the, yeah, the uh, Cornetto trilogy up. because I must, it's, I must admit, uh, admit right. While we're on the subject, Patrick Stewart, I, that was a great. That would have been a great film to cameo in, wouldn't it? Paul. <laughs> yeah, at the convention or something. I don't know. Oh, but come on, they do the uh, tattoo. They've got the uh, Michael Dorn. Oh yeah, yeah. So, As the two gay trekkies. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's... Oh, that's tattoo. Just worth watching once you re- once you twig who Michael Dorn's playing. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. It's but they look at uh, that sort of thing. You got I mean. Uh, Seth MacFarlane, uh, you know all the, the Family Guy stuff and everything. He, you know the you know, Star Trek references. In there. Oh yeah, I know it's unreal, isn't it? but it's yeah, I love how they get the original voices yeah. back. I'm, and and Patrick Stewart always he's in Family Guy quite a lot, even yeah. as random characters. And I, I get the feeling that he's like just such a fun guy to be around. Like he he can take the piss out of himself, and um, he can just be like. He just seems like a really funny guy to be around. But he's a good actor. You look he's at great Logan. Actor. Oh, come on. If you I didn't, still haven't seen. Oh, if you didn't tear up in Logan. I mean, I'm just going to... Uh... But you're right, yeah. He is, he is just a, a good old-fashioned good actor. Yes. You, you look at uh, Seth MacFarlane and his... Uh, uh, the Orville. To me, that's the Orville was the show that put me off watching any of the Star Trek stuff other than Picard. It's because because it was already on. It was Star Trek. To yeah, me. it was Star Trek, but just done funny, 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 funny. Yeah. But also, it's the thing with the, with the Orville is it's got heart. It's got a real. It, the Orville surprised me. It really has. So I'm glad that Disney have picked it up. Thank you, Disney, for keeping the Orville going. And you keep having the guy in American Dad going as well because I still enjoy him. Something I've also yet to see as well. The Orville is. I love the Orville. And I am. I'm just. I am waiting for the Patrick Stewart cameo. Oh yeah, there'll definitely be one. Got. To. Do you know that the um? There's a few. There's a couple of cameos I'm actually waiting for of Picard now. Actually, I, I think we're definitely going to get a Crusher one. Wesley. Because, you know, Picard always had a thing for Crusher, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, you mean Beverly? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, either Crusher, you know. Um, but, or, um, well, as we were just saying, Michael Dorn. I'd love to see Michael Dorn. Michael Dorn is cool. Be a Klingon again. I, the, at Worf's another role you can't imagine being played by anyone else, isn't it? Like, Wasn't Worf in Star Trek, the undiscovered <laughs> country, as, as Worf's grandfather? This is our version of, like... Fan voice, by the yeah, way. I'm sorry. We 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 we've uh, our time with them to be now. We have. Uh, so yeah, I'm sorry. I, 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 if you are one of these, uh, there's nothing wrong with being like either of those things, but it's just the ones that ruin it for everyone else with we, spoilers and boycotting cotton films because they've got story arcs they don't like. We've kind of, uh, in recent history, we've kind of been surrounded by by fanboys that are actually... Negative. Yeah, regarding anything that's not how yeah. they they 
want it to be and it's for example trying to have tv's greatest phenomenon rewritten because the last episode wasn't up to scratch <laughs> still haven't watched it but yeah but, i mean you get the I mean, even me. you said to me I didn't you, like, up. you liked that george martin and sophie turner said you know millions thousands of people put their their like livelihoods into this show and you're just shitting on them yeah, it, it. I you know I don't watch Queens of Thrones. And I will eventually watch it, but it, it, it was it was nobody go. If say Picard didn't turn out like it was supposed to be the way we like it right now, people are still putting the heart and effort into this thing. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean that someone else is going to like it. So yeah, I try not to put I put uh, negative slant on anything because if you put negative slant on something, I don't want to be one. Of the, I don't like watching these videos on YouTube where you watch people dressed up. And just fucking costumes for an hour, yeah. who've just been from a premiere or from a, an event and they're just coming home just to slag the thing off. If you don't like it, why are you wasting all this negative energy on... And money, on, more, yeah, more importantly. Yeah, it's... I, after I mean, we, 9 came out, sorry, Star Wars, sorry, Skywalker, Star Wars, you know, Star Wars 9 came out, I just went online just to curiosity's sake. And then you see people dressed in costumes slagging off. Why, why, why did you get yeah, dressed it's, it's, You knew what you were going to hate going into it. It's just weird, isn't it? I, don't, I think, like... Sometimes I don't even believe that they think it's shit. I think they're just saying, like, this is such a thing now with people that they have to have this negativity on video now that that these people don't even believe what they're saying. You know, like, it's a character. It's just, I, I, it really annoys me, this current sort of culture we have around we only take the negative from things, you know. I, how many thousands of people did like the end of Game of Thrones? You exactly. know, I loved it. You know, but... All I went into at work or online was, oh, that was fucking awful. Like, how could, oh, the whole show's ruined. Is it? Like, the whole show's, all, all 80 episodes or however many there are is ruined because of one episode. I, I, I've never seen a show ruined from one episode. I've, I mean, I've seen a show ruined from an ending. Lost. But, um, (laughs) there's not, there's usually more overwhelmingly good episodes in a show than there are bad. So, why are you just focusing on, one bad episode. There's plenty of bad episodes in Next Generation, but yeah. it's the it's it's a fantastic series, and it always will be. I mean, why does everyone remember the original series so fondly? There's there's more tosh in that than there is, you know. I know it did it first, but it's just I don't know. For me, from the first, uh, for me, it was the original Star Trek. There's a lot of baggage going involved with it because it's definitely yeah. It, it's and this is the reason why I don't like slagging off the original Star Trek series because it's uh, did a lot of good. You know, oh, a lot yeah, of good yeah. for civil rights mm-hmm. in terms of you know you had the first interracial kiss. You got a lot for for a future in which peace Race and harmony matter, yeah. and everything. And, and to me, I cannot sleep, even though I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, I cannot sleep. You, I cannot in in, in from as a as a lover of film and of television. I cannot slag the show off because. Is cultural impact. Yeah. It's second yeah. to none. And the, what Gene Roddenberry was trying to put across was, was, was positive. So I cannot, if there was something about it I didn't like, I would not be coming in here doing this podcast about yeah, why yeah, I don't I like mean, Star Trek. It did more good than anyone that can't see yeah. it. And Rod, I mean, Roddenberry, like, he was a bit of a complicated guy. I mean, I think he was a bit twat in real life, to be honest. But, um, like two actors and two studios rather than as a person but the general message of star trek yeah was like i mean what what more could you want it's a utopia where there's no money there's no poverty there's no disease there's no war i mean there is war like you know between species but there's no war on earth and like you know it's a perfect place people can work but they don't have to if they don't want to you know like there's there's no pay and it's just it's really nice, like, I think there was a famous quote that um, Jonathan Frakes took from Gene Roddenberry that Gene, he didn't really understand, like, the world of Next Generation when he came into it, so Gene Roddenberry sat down and he basically said, like, there's there's no money, there's no greed, and all the children can read. And I think that's such a really, that's a lovely message, like, why can't the future be like that? Like, you know, all, all these other visions of the future, and the Twilight Zone, and, you know, things like that, they were all... They're so depressing and downbeat. I mean, even like some of our favorite films, like Blade Runner, I would not want to live in that world. And I scarily think it is getting like that. But I, it's just, it's nice. It was nice to. I mean, everyone thinks Star Trek's a bit namby pamby, 
because of all that stuff. But I think it's really nice to see everyone gets on, everyone does their job as they're supposed to. There's no greed for money. There's no, you know, I mean, they had to kind of introduce things like greed with the Ferengi and, and war and Deep Space Nine because it was getting a bit sort of, well, there's no real conflict here because it's utopia. But no, no, I think I, you're right. It is important. And that's probably why the original series is remembered so much. I didn't even think about that. I, I think as well, it's, you, you're all about, you know, about not needing to work. And I think it's, it's, it's I'm not a game. I saw the whole thing about going around shooting other people in fiction and everything. It's, you know, it's like, yeah, I've got a good blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't appeal to me. I'm more of a kind of pacifist by nature. And, and I, it is a whole, why can't we? Why shouldn't everything be? Yeah. There's, I, I, I say, I was saying to you before we started doing the podcast about how I was debating, I'm debating doing uh, a video for, for my other channel about a beer. I didn't like the beer, and I just didn't. I don't like the, uh, this. How I feel that the marketing of the beer is wrong. Yeah, and and I'm still debating whether doing it because I don't know if it's negative energy or am I doing a negative energy for the positive thing. So I, when it comes to doing things, I, I, I do actually think about: is this going to be a negative thing, or is what I'm doing positive from a different standpoint? Am I, you know? And it goes back to the whole Star Trek thing: is that uh, is it's better to bring out love than hate but yeah love as a rule if you watch all these videos especially the one i can't remember who the guy's name is who slates all the the angry dude whatever the f word's name is oh, angry joe yeah yeah, yeah it's sort of like he does it just for, for viewpoint and yeah, yeah i don't I mean, buy into that bullshit there are some like internet personalities that are really switched on i mean i think one that comes to mind is james roth the angry video game nerd I like him. I think he's, he's really, I like really, him. He's really, he knows what he's talking about. And it's not just it. He understands that, you know, this is a character, this isn't me. And when it is him, himself, on the videos, you do get, you get that sort of sense that he's just, he's just a, he's just a guy that enjoys talking about films. I like not him. not just talking shit for the sake of talking shit. I like him because when he, he is, he does the angry video game nerd and he does himself. And when yeah. you, this, you can see the difference. I just want to quickly go on to another thing, which is slightly off. But about uh, how uh, the haters, which is the latest season of Doctor Who, season twelve, to me you've you've got uh, some really genuinely good episodes. I mean, me and my fiance, uh, uh, when uh, Sasha Darwin was in Spyfall and returning for the timeless children and ascension of the uh, Cybermen, seeing I mean, there were things in those episodes, the, the ascension of Cybermen and the timeless children, where some of the locations they were using was just we, me and my fiance were like, yeah, we know this place. And uh, having Sasha Darwin from uh, Iron Fist and the 50th anniversary and Adventure in Space and Time, we were like, this is good. And some of the other episodes of the season, which were on point for me, was, but you've got all these other fan bases that are slating off for, for, uh, for going, oh, it's because I don't like this because of this and this and this because it changed yeah. in the history. It's almost Everything like Everything has to move forward. Yeah. And and I don't and I don't like that. And I bet you there are when Picard there'll be something Picard oh, yeah. that's going to have someone out there that's actually going to slate it. Yeah. But yeah, for well, me, why has it got swearing in it? Yeah, got, yeah. you'll find something because you've got to have some haters going to go out there. Post nineteen eighty seven syndication. And it's kind of funny. These people that are going to hate Picard are going to be the ones that actually latch onto how great they thought Insurrection was. Yeah. And how great they thought. Uh, Nemesis was, which is a terrible film. Yeah, so is Insurrection. Yeah, I actually didn't watch that until it was on the movie channel, so it's one of the few that I didn't actually... It's weird, because Insurrection is like the opposite... It's like the similar but opposite polar view of motion picture, where... Um, and Star Trek Beyond's a, a, another good movie example of this being done, where there's a Star Trek film that feels like a long episode, rather than... You know, like some of the films have an arc that they're going through, like like you said about one to four, uh, two to four mainly, arc sort of like a mini trilogy, two, three, and four because you know they've got they're dealing with Spock coming back to life. And, but um, yeah, like I I think the motion picture is good for me because it deal it's like it's like a contained episode, like like the TV series where you get contained episodes and there's no spillage into other episodes. It felt like that, and I thought Star Trek Beyond was really good for that. It felt like an episode. Of, as if JJ's films were a series, whereas Interaction's like a bad example of that, where it's just sort of like we haven't got any idea, should we just do an episode? You know, like that sort of thing. Gotta get Star, keep Star Trek alive. Gotta keep Star Trek alive. Yeah, what can we, what can we think of? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I know, but I I think yeah, Picard seems to be doing the whole. I mean, all all TV series do like serial drama now, don't they? Where it's carrying on for the whole series. I think you can't get away from that now. But it, 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 I'm intrigued to see with where this whole synthetic thing is going. Actually, yeah, I mean, will it be? Will it, will Daj is it? Yeah, will and it, Soji. Yeah, will their uh, will their characters just be just one season and will they move on to something different? It's gonna be interesting. Yeah, I've got a feeling there's gonna be a Brent Spiner cameo again yeah. in a finale. I don't know why. I just think as long maybe as... Data isn't dead. But I if he is, then that's that's cool. As long as they just don't do the whole lip service thing, uh, you know. Yeah. But I mean it would work if it was lore as well. I can't remember. I my next generation is quite rusty now, I can't remember if he died or not. But um yeah, no, I, I just, I just, it's going in a good place right now, and I can't really, I can't see it going off the rails, to be honest. I see it as, as whereas I see it as more, you know, it's one of these prestige series rather than the others. Yeah. The, the other shows are just, ah, uh, it's Star Trek. This is like, yeah, this is. Discovery's kind of like that. Yeah. Like, it's just because there was no other Star Trek on, that was what we had, kind of thing. I think that it's, I mean, I think it's it's the legacy that it is. I mean, yeah, from next generation because next generation, at least in my mind, uh, you know, if you, I think now, I mean, even with Picard, not even finished his first run. When I see Star Trek, I see Star Trek original, then I see Next Generation, then I see Picard, and the other they're like the three yeah, big, and then the all the other ones just yeah, they're kind of like spin aren't they? Yeah. I mean, I think the reason. Voyager and Deep Space Nine were running concurrently timeline-wise was because of that, you know, like, because, like, say, original series and Next Generation, they were the flagship series. You know, that was, the original was, like, the show that started it all, and then Next Generation was, eight years later, it's the next Enterprise, you know, the next, I don't know, the third Enterprise, whatever it was. Fourth. Fourth, is it fourth? Ah, I can't believe I know that. It's yeah, the, it's the fourth. I know, no, it's the fifth, isn't it? Because the AA is separate okay, from fifth. the fifth, yeah. Uh, it goes all the way to J as well in Enterprise. Because ah. they have a future visit from some guy and he's like, oh, you're on the Enterprise J. And everyone's just kind of like, okay. <laughs> we, we, we know D that get blown up in uh, when they release the saucer section. In the, yeah, in, in Generations. Yeah. yeah. That's quite a cool bit, actually. I like that bit. Yeah, I was mourning that ship when I first saw it. And you know the reason behind why they dumped the original D, don't you? That sounds really rude. Um, because the the sets didn't look right on a film camera. If you watch Generations now and then watch an episode of the series, um, I think film cameras are different and lighting is different for TV than it is for film, I understand. So when you watch Generations, it looks really dark. And it's because the Enterprise D set wasn't built for film cameras. So they thought, oh, upgrade. And that's why you have the Enterprise. Poor D, look at Yeah, I know. A, like, sorry, original uh, NCC one seven one lasted at least till the third film. It did indeed, yeah. And it was the refit as well, yeah. so kind of the second <laughs> ship as well, isn't it? Oh. But you, you do, you feel then. sorry for when it blow. Uh, oh, it's the, almost the character, isn't it? Yeah. The Enterprise. I, I think it's, it's it's one of those iconic spaceships, isn't it? Like the Millennium Falcon, that it's more important. Than the series itself, yeah. in in a way, you, I think. For me, the Enterprise, you've got the Falcon, but in Star Trek, you've just got NCC, you got the NCC one seven zero one, and you got the NCC one seven zero one D. The other ones that are in between, you don't really. Know. Yeah, they, they happened. That's enough yeah. to know, isn't it? Like it's just, it's almost it's like things like on Lord of the Rings, Middle Earth is almost a character. You know, like the, the, the them sort of integral parts of the series that if you took them away, it would be weird. Although it's not too weird in this one because there isn't really they have a ship, don't they? But doesn't quite feel enterprisey no, yet. It's not like, a character. They're going around the galaxy in it. I mean, it would be. I mean, it'd be lovely if we could, like, if they go to somewhere and there's an enterprise that they take or something, you know, like, or the enterprise of that time. Yeah, that'd be cool. But be then we're getting too fan theoryish, aren't we? No, but then you get the argument be there. How can they? They just seem to pick up a ship and they've got the enterprise on it. Yeah, that's too coincidental. Yeah, I suppose. They yeah. would be nice though, just to I, if they're in a shipyard and they decide yeah, they're yeah. going to pick, and you've got you'd have to have uh, a galaxy class or something. Yeah, yeah you'd have to have uh, that'd be a good way to introduce uh, data back into it. Data, yeah. I mean uh, Geordie LaForge. Oh, I forgot about Geordie. Yeah, you introduce him uh, on another Enterprise. Yeah. So because uh, we presume everyone else is a captain by now, don't we? <laughs> 
Oh, sorry, we're talking... We're, we're, we're seeing as we're, we're talking about Picard, I've just got to go. Picard is not gay, he's British. He's British. <laughs> if you ever see fanboys, get a chance to see fanboys do it. It's, it's a life-changing experience. I mean, we're trying to figure out how it's going to work in that quote into it all podcast. Because fanboys <laughs> is just brilliant. He's not gay, he's British. Ah, fanboys is... It is funny, yeah. And, and it's just the Shatner cameo as well, isn't it? Uh, How did you get that? Because I'm William Shatner. Why else would I not get it? <laughs> William Shatner. That's one thing I do not want to see in Picard or any spin-offs is William Shatner again. Even though I do like William Shatner. Oh yeah, yeah. No. Shatner is like the opposite, like the other side of the coin for Picard, though, isn't he? Like he, he's another guy you can't imagine. You can't imagine that character being played. By, I don't know. Chris Pine played him, wasn't he? But you know, I, I. He, I don't know, it's weird, because you don't really think of him as anyone else, do you? William Shatner. Not, no. I mean, TJ Hooker and that, didn't he? But not really. Nah, I mean, he, yeah. I mean, I do, uh, Sh- William Shatner is, yeah, he's good. He's man, man. yeah. But not, not, unless not in, a, not in another, not in Picard, no, no. No, I mean, I think... Um, <clears throat> The reason they got away with having Spock in the next generation is because you know Vulcans are meant to be older, aren't yeah. they? So and but, he worked in the, the yeah in the reboots as the kind of like the character that sends the show off to the other people. Yeah, you know? yeah I, well, to you know in a, in a way, I always thought Star Trek was more Nimoy's show anyway than it was. Like I I I I know loads of people that are like, oh yeah, Captain Kirk, yeah, changed everything, like, well, I think Spock's more iconic. He is. I don't, I don't know why, it's just, he seems the more iconic sort of character, doesn't he? And it was good seeing Bones in Farpoint. Farpoint yes, yeah, yeah, well, they, there's like a tradition for each of the, the series back then, that the pilot would have a character from the Predus, you know, because Voyager had Quark sending, um, you know, at DS9, and then DS9 had Picard in the first ever episode, you know, so... It was like them kind of sending off, like, our show's done, this is your show, kind of thing. It was really, I thought that was really good. And then Enterprise just had, had I don't know if it had anyone. Oh, I had the guy that played Zephyr and Cochran. Was it James Cromwell? Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, it was kind of funny. I, I didn't actually think we'd be talking this long about no, I didn't Star, Star Trek. So It is a deep, deep subject, isn't it? And I think we are, I think that eventually when I've gone through the box over my fiance. And we will all be doing a Star Trek one. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think we'll probably do commentary for each one as well. I'll put you up for that, yeah. yeah. I, I just, I'm just looking forward to... I, I will eventually get the uh, Next Generation crew movies because, I mean, they're, they're as weak as yeah. they are, but they are they're part of the Next Generation. Yeah, part of the canon, aren't they? And I do, like I said, like I said earlier in this podcast, I do like the, the family aspect of it. Do you know what? Rewatching them as well, like, recently... I found good parts about Insurrection and good parts about Nemesis and good parts about... I, I've always liked Generations. I think that's just... like I, I've always thought there was a special sort of part of that. Um, I think it because it was the first one I saw in cinema, maybe. I can't remember. But, um, yeah, no, you notice things you didn't notice before, like, oh, that's not bad, actually. Like, I just thought the whole movie was shit. So. <laughs> I can actually know which ones. I'm actually in... We're talking big screen. Five, six, seven... Nemesis and the three reboots. First contact. Yeah. That's all. Oh, yeah. You said five, six, seven. Sorry. Yeah. So I saw. No, I saw. Oh, I get it wrong. I saw. I, I saw the. Uh, five Frontier. Yeah. Next generation. Sorry, Five Frontier generations. How did you not see Undiscovered Country? No, I saw that on DVD. Uh, yeah. First contact. Nemesis. And the three reboots. Yeah. I've but two of the reboots. I. But like of, of the 13 movies, is it? Yeah, I think it is now. 13 yeah. movies. My, my favourite one is still, after rewatching it a few years ago, is still the motion picture. But. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little bit more boring. It's probably Wrath of Khan. Everyone's favourite, isn't it? I do try and be different, but I, I there is. I, I think that so much of that film sort of summed up for me. You know what, it's been the, a while the since... The greatness that it could be, kind of thing. It's been a while since we've done... I'm going to just throw it out here right now. Uh, I suppose it's having a couple of months' time because we're going to sit down and watch these two films now. It looks like we're going to have to do this. 
Star Trek, the motion picture. Yep. Versus Rather Star Trek: Wrath of Khan. Franchise Wars. Yeah. Franchise Wars coming soon. It's going to do those two. Yeah. Well, I've got Wrath of Khan, then, haven't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done one of those in a while. I'll be uh, I'll be flexing those uh, those compliments of Ricardo Montalban's fake or not fake chest muscles. <laughs> oh, Ricardo Montalban is good. <laughs> yes, he is good. Yeah. So, hey, well, I'm really enjoying Picard. Yeah. And looking forward to seeing where it's going to go. Yeah, I think yeah, I think we're in for a treat. Uh, okay. I'm Stevie W. Yeah. May you all live long and prosper. Callum, yeah, signing off. See you all soon.